Okay, we are back after a long hiatus. Season 2, Episode 1 of Duh the Podcast is back. Football is back, so we are back. Uh, the light is at the end of the tunnel, and football, regular season football is coming here soon, so we're going to go over some of the latest all-season stuff, um, recent signings, preseason, week one, kind of our thoughts, and maybe some hints for any fantasy drafts coming up. Most importantly, Colin, a.k.a. Davy Jones, back from the dead. Welcome back, Trim. Thank you. I mean, it's just uh, the best way to describe it, if you've seen, I, I believe it's the second Transformers still shy of going strong when all the Decepticons just have to dive down 20,000 feet into the water to, like, revive Megatron. That's basically <laughs> what it felt like. But um, happy, happy to be back. Survived. Lone survivor of the fucking stub implosions. <laughs> I mean, genetic freak, so what do you expect? But in other words, um, what do you want to start about uh, off-season-wise? Well, I will say while we were in our off-season, we hit 500 downloads and approaching 1,000 downloads across all platforms. So congrats to us. Wow, are you serious? Yeah, yeah, I'm serious. That's significantly lower than it should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah we are like one thousandth of a percent the size of part of my take. <laughs> and significantly smarter and funnier. <laughs> and not as fat. <laughs> yeah, I'd say we start with um, some of the new signings that have been happening recently. Uh, if we can remember the ones that have happened since we took a break, that would be great. But odds are we're not going to remember all of them. I feel like all the running backs have se- seemed to find a home recently after a long period of not knowing what was going to happen with that. And I feel like they all got less than they wanted. The fact that I don't want to say – well, Zeke signed, Zeke signed too, right? And I don't even think his was a issue. No, I think Money. it was like six, six and six point something, maybe. Yeah, six but he wasn't something. originally not signing because of money. He just, yeah. no one wanted him. No, was but because he had too much money. Yeah. And the fact that, I mean, I would argue, especially on the Giants, Saquon's probably worth more than $11 million a year, but the fact that Dalvin Cook's making even less than that at like 8 or 9 or something with incentives, it's crazy to me with like how good they are. And I get the whole running back position being undervalued and just being a victim of kind of the system and the drafting process and the franchise tag. Like, it sucks. But some of these guys, I mean, Dalvin Cook has averaged like 100 scrimmage yards per game his entire career and is a four-time Pro Bowler, not that that matters. He's had 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns for the past four years in a row. So that's crazy to me. Yeah, the fact that somebody wouldn't want to sign a guy that on average gets 100 yards a game is crazy. Like the fact that they wouldn't be willing to pay for that kind of production is 
it still doesn't truly make sense. The fact that, like, obviously the league is becoming more pass-heavy and it's all about the quarterbacks and spreading it out. But just even the league has been headed that direction over the past few years. And in that time, he's still averaged 100 yards per game. And people aren't, like, dying to pay for that is, yeah, it's kind of odd. Yeah, I mean, piggybacking all of that, Josh, what bothers me about the whole thing is that everyone's saying, well, it's becoming more of a pass-heavy league. But the second a team like Buffalo gets to the playoffs, all anyone ever wants to talk about is, oh, they can't run the ball. It's all Josh Allen. So it's just like you can't have your cake and eat it, too. Like, it is kind of shitty what's happening to the running back position, and I, to an extent I understand why it's happening. But also, like you said, you have to pay for the – the premium guys yeah and people just like determine that like once you turn 29 like there's just no chance you ever have success in the league again from the running back position it's like an age thing well and no one's I, talked about what Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley have done to the rest of the running backs that'll ever play this game like yeah I think Dalvin Cook is not even at that point yet. He's only like what twenty seven or twenty eight. Like he could easily. Yeah, and people have... are still saying he's over the hill. Like he didn't get signed because like they're just expecting him to fall off a cliff. Yeah, but or he could just easily have two more seasons in a row with like over a thousand rushing yards, if not scrimmage yards, easily and double digit touchdowns. So that's the other thing with the way the league is transitioning. I don't know if he's in quite top tier, like McCaffrey, Camara receiving category, but he's close and he can do it all and he can block and stuff. So the fact that he is making so little money is crazy. Saquon is still probably underpaid for the Giants as well, but he's at least in double digits. And then I feel like everybody's kind of out on Zeke, so it's realistic what he got, but. Not yeah, me. Overall. I'm not out. I'm not out on Zeke. We know. He's signing with an offensive genius. He's about to have a career year. <laughs> God, Billy. Ramondre, who? I mean, honestly, it is like the most Patriots signing of all time. He and he's honestly so fat now that he just kind of is here at one. That'd honestly be paying him a compliment at this point in his career. <laughs> oh my god! Also, back to the his whole, average is like six yards a carry. Yeah, back to the whole running back market as a whole. On a final note, I do just hate that by default, if like running backs are being phased out and de incentivized, that the game is just continuing to become less physical, which is annoying. So. Big picture, I don't like that either. Speaking of the game being less physical, we forgot to touch on flag football news. Josh has made his return. I feel like we we are so back. Fun fact, undefeated without me there. 0-1 with me there. Uh, 0-2. We're 2-0 without you, 0-2 with you. So makes complete sense to me. <laughs> but also, I have officially signed with a new team. 
eight man contact. We're Get basically in the up. NFL. Yeah. We're actually the games will be held like right by the Ravens practice facility. Uh, so watch out. Lamar who? I'm a faster and B have way more. <laughs> you are faster for sure, and definitely more elusive. Especially now. I mean, Josh, you saw I had a rushing t- touchdown last week. Oh, yeah. As soon as you scored it, I turned and was like, we're not going to hear the end of that. And here we are a week later not hearing the end of it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <clears throat> what do you fucking want? And not to mention that 60 air yard piss missile dime. Yeah, you did throw a bomb. Did you tell Sherman about that? Best throw I've seen in Volo. Oh, really? I did not yeah. hear that. Well, it wasn't to our team. Oh. It was so with uh, Scott's. Oh, yeah. Irrelevant then. <laughs> I mean, it was still a bot. It was, yeah, it was the furthest throw I've seen in Volo, air-wise. Air I'm sure the guy was wide open. No, not really. He, he, yeah, no, I, I based on where it. Jay threw it, yes. Yeah, I um, I threw it when he was like, Parallel with the defenders. Yeah. Was it what this face? No. Anyway, um, what was next after the running backs? Well, we can talk about. I had a couple more things about how these recent signings would be affecting the AFC East because it seems like everyone in the AFC East is trying to keep up with one another. Yeah. <clears throat> so with the recent signings. What would you say the AFC look, East looks like now? I know we all went over our AFC predictions, but does this change anything? Yeah, it does. I've never been more confident in the Jets winning, or at least going sixteen and one. I uh, yeah, I mean, not to that extent, but I do agree. I think the Jets are kind of stepping out as the favorites in this division, from my point of view. Yeah, I mean. I, I will- Bring like injury and such, but yeah, as far as top to bottom roster and everything, um, I do think Sal is a good coach. Um, and so and I do think Buffalo's going to take a step back. I think Miami's a little overrated. As do I, having them with four wins. And New England has worse receivers than some of the people in Volo, so. Yeah, I would Correct. agree. I mean, I was high on the Jets. I feel like even higher than you, Josh, you know, with our predictions leading into this. And obviously it was a good signing. I like Dalvin Cook as a player. Um, So I would agree with you, but the fact that we're all saying this makes me very nervous. And I also saw a thing today. Um, but nervous for what? The bill? You think the Bills? Not Okay, so here's the thing. It, even in their division, no. So I think the Dolphins, if Tua plays the way he played last year when he was healthy and, you know, McDaniel can continue to scheme things up and, like, they just keep doing what they're doing, like, I think Miami can be a front runner in that division too. I think the Bills are going to step back for other reasons we already went into that hasn't really changed, and I think the Patriots are just going to be – average ish. So it doesn't shake up my overall division picture that much. But back to what I was saying, 
I was thinking about the fact that so many, I would say, even mainstream media is project, predict, uh, predicting all the Lions, Jets, and Browns to be, like, playoff teams. And, like, historically, those are just, like, three of the worst franchises in the NFL. So I was thinking about it today. Like, if I – I know we both like the Lions and Jets a lot. I'm not the Browns that much, but – if I put a future on any of those teams to make the playoffs or something and they finish the year below 500 at the end of the season, I would be like, what the fuck was I thinking making that bet? Like, I bet X amount of money on the Jets or the Lions or the Browns. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I did get the Jets winning the Super Bowl at 2,500 and it's already down to like 14 plus 1,400. So I'm basically rich. Did you get that before the trade was official, too? I got it before the Aaron Rodgers trade, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's just great freaking odds at this point, so that's a good bet. But I I was just saying, and I know the Lions aren't even like a dark horse at this point with how their division is shaken out and everything, but I was just thinking about that. It's like, so we're just also, this is supposed to be the year that all three of these teams who have been garbage are just all simultaneously good. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, we are expecting that this year, but also, like, why would we be surprised if the Lions just kind of sucked again? Like, yeah. like we, we couldn't be that surprised, like, if they just blow it. And, like, the Lions could, quote-unquote, kind of suck again by being right around 500. Jared Goff has another good year. The offense look, looks good, but... The defense still isn't where it needs to be, and, like, the Bears and the Packers are a little better than we thought. Like, anything like that, you know what I mean? So that's where I'm, like, wary of the Jets and their offensive line. But I I would literally put, all things considered, everyone stays healthy. I would put the Jets and the Dolphins above the Bills at this point. Ooh, bud. Yeah. Cannot. I kind of wouldn't be surprised either. I w- well, yeah, you two both hate Josh Allen, so it's not surprising. But I mean, the Bills—I don't hate him. The Bills going ten and seven is not unrealistic, and ten and seven being third in that division is also not unrealistic. I feel like I will say I am horrified of the Browns this year. I hate it. Um, I don't know because last time Deshaun Watson played a full season, he had like 112 passer rating in a four to one touchdown interception ratio. We've been doing this song and dance. If he gets back to that with Chubb and uh, Amari Cooper has a big year, like that offensive line's great. Um, Miles Garrett, as much as I like to shit on him because people try to make some sort of argument as if there is one, whether or not he's better than TJ Watt, he's still an elite player. So, like, I don't know. The Browns. I will say we have been doing this song and dance with the Browns since they got Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham. We're just saying, like, how good they are in paper and, like, they should be back and, like, we're just continuing to say they might be back. So it's just like one of those things where it's like, I'm not really scared of the Browns until it's, until I'm scared of the Browns. 
Fair. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not I'm not scared of the Browns until like they show up and beat us like 35 to 10 one week, and then it's like okay, maybe they can put it together. You're living in the past, Jay. Me, Josh, and the Woodland Fairies are living in the here and now <laughs> with Sean Watson. <laughs> like he, yeah. but obviously keep the like, Woodland Fairies just, away from him. Though he, he's not coming back. Like a part of him died on that massage table. <laughs> well, he did. Be the same we player. are forgetting he did have that sick throw into the net at about five yards. Went right into oh the God. net. That was like his. Preseason highlight. He could be deadly with the shovel pass this year, so be on the lookout for that. It's one for one. <laughs> Within four yards, he's up there with anyone, even Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Maybe even me, but probably not. Um, Joe Burrow's hurt again because he's a fragile little bitch. And I think that's honestly could fuck with his money at this point. And everybody's um, like not even underreacting to it, but just like not even reacting to him being hurt at all. Uh, yeah. I will key heard like five weeks today. Like he could miss the first five weeks of the season. And, and the, the craziest part, is I didn't even know he was that injured. He might just miss like a third of the season. I thought the they, cra- like, the craziest part is they're not even worried about it. Like, the people on ESPN and shit are like, yeah, they can start 0-2 again because they did that last year. Or even if they're, like, 2-3 and or kind of around 500 when he comes back, like, they should be fine. And I'm just like, no. Like, if he They're misses, not going to be fine in an AFC North that's going to be as competitive okay. as it is. Even if he misses two weeks or he plays the first two weeks not at 100%, and they start 0-2 again like they did last year against Cleveland and Baltimore back-to-back. Like, two division opponents, 0-2 in the hole. Like, one seed already long gone at that point, and it's like making the playoffs in the AFC after starting 0-2 in your own, both games in your own division – that would be ridiculous. And I've literally heard people be like, well, he sucks against Cleveland anyway, so just sit him because they would probably lose that game. And then he can come back against, like, Arizona or Tennessee, like, week three or four and kind of get back into it. Or maybe your backup can just win that game and they'll be fine. And it's like, what are we talking about? Like, you can't – like. You can't just do this again. And I know, what was it last year? His appendix burst, and he just couldn't practice all summer. But even even with him in there, and it was a non-football injury, just because he couldn't practice, they had a really slow start and had to claw their way back, and they ended up winning, what, like eight or nine games in a row or something and got hot. But it's like you can't just bank on that happening again when the whole conference is better. And, like, no one's worried about it. It's crazy to me. I don't think it's that crazy. I mean, if he starts 0-2, not he, if they start 0-2 without him in division in this AFC North, like, I yeah, it's going to be tough. Like, it, it's going to be tough to win the division at that point, down down two games to start. Yeah, but I also don't think they really need to win the division. I mean, they've already proven the last two years that they're very capable of winning against good teams and tough, bad weather on the road in the playoffs. So, 
I, I wouldn't be that overly concerned. I don't think they're very concerned about whether or not they get the one seed. Obviously, it's preferred, but like, I think they're thinking more long term. So it's like, yeah, if he misses the first week, two, maybe even three, like it's not the end of the world, especially now with the extra game and the extra uh, wild card spot. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the extra but, wild card spot helps. Like, you, you would think a Bengals team that starts 0-2 could be a top seven team in the AFC. But, exactly. I mean, just being behind the eight ball and trying to dig yourself out is going to be – it's going to be something to deal with at the least. Yeah, I yeah. feel like you're just underplaying it a tad bit because, again, let's say Burrow is only out two weeks and then he can come back for two – quote-unquote, tune-up games against lesser competition. But if you go 0-2 against two divisional opponents, you know, in the AFC, I feel like it's also fair to say if you're hovering around six, seven losses, even six losses, like you're fighting for that seventh spot for sure, and it's going to come down to, you know, other stuff. So if you start out 0-2, and and I mean – they're going to at least split with the Steelers, right, Jay? You have three divisional losses, and then you're telling me you're just going to win. Like that, it's going to be. You still have the Bills. You still you have the Chiefs. Yeah, it's the, yeah. You have to play the Chiefs again. You, I, there's just. I don't think they're. They, they are three and one. Beats yeah. with Joe Burrow. Just saying. I'm aware. I'm just saying it's not that they backed their way into oh, the and one in the last one year. Yeah. <laughs> but a three point win. It came down to the wire. But yes, you are correct. They did win the last one. Yeah, I'm just saying I don't think they can nonchalantly back their way into the playoffs this year because they're just that fucking good like everybody thinks they are. I mean they definitely are. I think they're I mean they've proven it year after year now, the last two, like, they are easily the number one threat to the Chiefs in the AFC and probably going to stay that way for the foreseeable future, barring, you know, the contract situation, whether or not they can keep Chase and Higgins or just Chase. I, di- I really don't think they'll be able to keep both. There's no Sorry. way. they got to pay Burrow, and then, like, the year after they have to pay Chase. And they have to pay Higgins uh, the same year they have to, like this year. Yeah, and they're going to probably, I would imagine, just extend Chase before that and then just not re-sign Higgins. I mean, Mine. Chase is going to want 30-plus, and Burrow's going to want, like, 52-plus. So, And then T. Higgins will probably just get, well, he's going to get franchise tagged at least once. Yeah, true. Well, here's the thing with Higgins, too. It's like, even if you offer him a good, like a pretty fat contract and decent receiver money, like let's say they're offering him 20 to 22 million as like a number two receiver, but you know some like Chase on your same team is making 30 plus and there's almost a $10 million gap. Like, do you, are you willing to take that when you know you could get one money somewhere else? And I know we've been talking about this for a while, but even to stay on, the contract thing with Burrow, I know it couldn't work out with paying all of them. I 100% agree on that. But if he does, let's say, 
miss the first four games of the season. They start 0-2, and they make the playoffs, but they don't make it as far, which still isn't a complete failure of a season. Like, making it to the AFC Championship game every year is, like, a big deal. That's why only, like, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes have done it so consistently. But, like, let's say they lose in the divisional round and he was hurt again for the first month of the season. How does that affect his money? Or it does doesn't. it at all? It doesn't. It doesn't. Well, how could it affect his money when Lamar just got paid what he got paid? And Herbert just got paid what he got paid. Without the playoff success. Yeah, with legitimate zero, with negative playoff success. Yeah, I just, I guess it just comes in more to the keeping them all together thing, because that's what I'm saying. It's like, if he shows he's injury prone and misses games again this year, and they don't make it quite as far, and then they're in truly a situation where they have to pay everyone. Like, yes, he deserves more money than Herbert, but are you, can he still actually take significantly more than that, and then the team falls apart? I don't know. I'm just thinking about that. Like, yeah, he I will. just feel like everybody is so comfortable with the Bengals, just like being good no doubt for like the next five years and I'm just not on that train they're definitely going to be good no doubt as long as they have Burrow well those are just two opposing takes I want to see how they play out I'm not saying it won't happen I'm just saying (laughs) everybody's treating it like it's just already a foregone conclusion he is, at worst, the second-best quarterback in the NFL, and that's not going to change until next year. When in, in fairness, in fairness, there was people saying this about the Chiefs two years ago. Like, people were just assuming their success the next few years. How can you be so sure? And they've just done it. So I don't think there's a reason to believe the Bengals won't also kind of do it. Honestly, well, that's, like, that's teams, teams have just shown that they can remain consistent, like – in the top of the AFC. Yeah, Josh, that's a great call because if you think about it, like look what happened with the Chiefs. It was time to pay uh, Tyree Kill and Patrick Mahomes, but they already had Kelsey, so they're like, all right, we're not going to keep both. So I think it's going to be the same thing with Burrow, Chase, and Higgins. It's like, all right, yeah, it's been nice to have T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, but like Jamar Chase is clearly the better player. Like That's the priority. You need to keep these two together. So I think that's kind of the model they're going to go after. I yeah, I mean, some I even said like... Patrick Mahomes will only win one Super Bowl. Like that's just <laughs> all, that take is just already wrong. Well, it's there's an asterisk next to his second and first, as far as I'm concerned. But we're not going to get too into the weeds on that. I'm just saying that's a fair point, but they're just operating on a lower tier, like. It's like they, the Chiefs are still the juggernaut in the conference, so they're already doing that while the, like, when I guess you could say maybe the Patriots were kind of doing this, but they were at the end of the, their run when the Chiefs came up and Patrick Mahomes rose to what he is now. But it's just like, I feel like they're closer to the level of other teams than they are to the Chiefs, even though they are one and three against them, but whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, they're on. But if Chris yeah, Jones, if Chris Jones doesn't play this season, like I think uh, the Chiefs are a lot closer to the field. 
Yeah, that would suck, but I also think if anything, he would just not play. He would play this year, and then that would be it, ideally, because he's still under contract, technically. The Chiefs are not far and away better than everybody else, in my opinion. I mean, they just they got bailed out in the Super Bowl again. Not going to get too into the weeds. Um, so, like, they're not far and away a bit ahead of the Eagles. Um, they're 1-3 and three against the Bengals, and their one win was a very close game. So it's just like I, I don't think they're far and away better than everybody else. I just think they happen to have the best coach and the best quarterback in the league. Yeah, I mean, I would I would lean to agree with that. Like, I don't think they're that far above everyone else, but they also like keep doing it. So it's just another one of those things. Like, until they don't do it, it's like like you have to tip their cat. But I do think it's like closer. Like, I think they're plus six hundred to win the Super Bowl, and the next close is like plus nine hundred. Like. I would imagine it's closer than that. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. They're just the how we used to treat the Patriots, you know. It's like they have Belichick, they got Brady. Like, we just expect them to be there. But as far as, like, overall talent on the roster, they're not head and shoulders above everybody else. They just have the best coach and the best quarterback, which is going to put you, you know, at an very, advantage. Very close to the top, yeah, if not the top. Or head and shoulders above everybody else, just on that fact alone. <clears throat> Yeah, we'll see. Well, and, and some favorable calls from the officials, just like New England. Not going to bring up the Jesse James catch because I'm not bitter about it to this day. Neither has Ben Roethlisberger, but. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Anywho. Preseason week one, anything stand out to you guys? The duel of the century between Kenny Pickett and Baker Mayfield. All, all you ever heard all week leading up to it was like, can Baker Mayfield even beat out Kyle Trask? Fucking Colin Coward uh, had a podcast and said Baker should retire if he loses the fucking Buccaneers job. Like, are you fucking out of your mind? I saw that. He was like, he would get paid fine as an analyst. Like, it would just stop the embarrassment. It's like, dude, quit it. What? Well, like, what's the embarrassment? Like, look at – there's been plenty of guys that have, you know, not panned out and it's turned out to be – you know, top tier backups as if that's really a thing. Um, I mean, just so collecting backup money for like the next five to seven years would be chill too. Like, why would you not just do that? Exactly. You're you're gonna easily comfortably make probably fifty million dollars the next five to seven years to more than likely sit on your fucking ass. Well, he's definitely going to win the job this year. Let's. Oh, yeah, for sure, especially if he continues to play how he played against the Steelers in the preseason. I mean, the touchdown pass he had in the back of the end zone was a perfectly thrown ball. Yeah, he sucks at practice. He's a bright lights guy. Always has been. That's why I like him, because I'm the same way. Like, I had a practice with my new team, and it looked like I've never thrown a football before. <clears throat> come game time. Come game time. The Different. next was that day, Josh, that I threw that pass. Yeah. Anywho, um, Kenny looked great. I mean, I get it. It's one drive in the first game of the fucking preseason. Dude, if my house phone goes off for a motherfucking time. <laughs> Just the fact that you're still rolling with the house phone. Is yeah, it's pretty show. incredible. Don't, don't, like, we, we all know who the main culprit is. <laughs> Having a house. I don't even know why, like what the rationale is. I just I ask him like once a month and I still forget. Um, Hilarious. And, um, 
Kenny, I get it. It was one drive in the first preseason game against what's probably going to be one of the three worst teams in the NFL. But uh, he looked incredible. He looked comfortable. Ball's coming out hot. That fucking uh, touchdown pass to Pickens, that was a fucking laser across the middle. Um, so kind of just <clears throat> reiterates and reinforces my high expectations that I have for the Steelers this year. I think a lot of it comes down to Matt Canada and his overall ineptitude. But, um, yeah, barring health, Steelers, I'm amending my prediction and the Steelers are going to win the division, probably going away. Yeah, see, unlike you, I kind of take nothing out of preseason. Like, people are just trying new things. Like, half the stars are playing, half aren't. Some teams aren't playing any of their starters. Like, you never really know exactly what you're going up against. Like, I don't really take much good or bad away from the preseason, but uh, a couple things caught my eye. Uh, it looks like the AFC South is going to struggle. Uh, that would be one of my main takeaways. Um, I was expecting more from the teams. You know, I even said that I don't even know if the Jaguars will win this division, but I think they're going to. The <laughs> week one preseason has changed my mind on that. Um, in addition, Mainly just in the fact that I forgot how good Calvin Ridley is. Yeah, I don't know how I forgot, but he's he. The there are some that, clips that make him look like the fastest person on the planet, and just the fact that like they the way they finished last year and the way their receivers as it was played with like Zay Jones and Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram showing up, it was already like okay they have decent weapons, just completely forgetting that now he instantly is their number one and just makes them that much better. I'll say uh, my one takeaway from preseason, at least thus far, even though I don't put much stake in it either, is the Broncos are going to be really bad again. (laughs) Oh, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Broncos camp. Unreal. All right, so we have I, will, really I do have one more takeaway from the preseason that doesn't involve my team. I'll get to that after this. But um Bears Twitter is going to kill me this oh, year. Same. Like I don't even like the one tweet that stuck out to me was only Justin Fields would get hate for the for this stat line and it's just like he's not getting hate for the stat line. He's getting a hate for I – mean, he's not getting hate, but the hate's coming from people acting like that stat line was three 60-yard bombs. Like, if people would have just been real about what it was, a couple screen pra- passes that broke loose, I don't think he'd be getting any hate. But they're just acting like it's the best preseason performance of all time. And he threw the ball like – negative one yards in the air. Yeah, I think two of the passes were behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, like, let's, the, both touchdown passes were behind the line of scrimmage. Like, let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I, the only thing I would say, I guess... Just it's just he, general, he had hype. He had hype coming into the season 
just based on his performance from last year. And then that stat line, if you look at just the stat line on top of the hype, that's just what's being brought to Twitter. Yeah. I mean, you can't expect just the average person on Twitter to actually put the pieces together that like a fucking chimpanzee in a lab, (laughs) a Rubik's cube. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but, uh, the thing I will say, just generally positive, though, if the Bears can actually have plays like that in the regular season where he doesn't have to do shit, like, that would be good for them, where their only offensive touchdown isn't him, like, running for 70 yards. So, overall, I feel like it's a positive sign, but, yeah, people giving him a bunch of credit for that is ridiculous. Yeah, it's a positive sign that the we- the weapons will be helpful, but it's yeah. not like it's not a sign that Justin Fields is going to win the MVP this year. Like he's going to rely on those weapons heavily. Yeah. So back to the Broncos. We're not we're not escaping this, Josh. Why do you think that? Why do you actually like what you're seeing? I think they. I like Jerry Judy. I like what I'm seeing out of him, even though he seems to always have a. Imp- rest of preseason and then uh, does not meet expectation in the regular season, but I don't know. I just have a good feeling about Russ this year. Not, not, not a good feeling like he's going to, you know, blow the league away like he quote-unquote has in the past, but I just think he's going to have a decent season, and I think it's going to make the Broncos dangerous. I think they'll compete compete in the division, not for the division. Yeah, I mean, they're going to finish in third, but it's going to be like a very respectable third, in my opinion. I Um, mean, how respectable can third be? I mean, not saying they'll make the playoffs, but, like, there will be third-place teams that make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about how good, like, the AFC East and the AFC North are. Like, you're telling me that the Bills were 10-7 and in third place. That's not respectable. Okay, yes, that is true. But I am I think the Broncos are way closer to 7-10 and than they are to 10-7. and Yeah, but what was like, their record last year? Didn't they win, like, four games? So, I mean, even if they're close to 500, that's, you know, 100% improvement rate. So we didn't yeah, really comment it, on – on this either, but like I just feel like if they still went seven and ten and came in third place in that division, with especially now with all that shit Sean Payton has talked, like that would be very disappointing, and it would mean Russ is completely just washed. Because that's another thing, Hackett absolutely was terrible last year, and the play calling and the clock management was terrible. But still, between the lines, when the players were playing, Russ was awful. Like, that Twitter video of the Denver fans chanting, like, the play clock counting down. It's like, oh, my God, how could you be so stupid? But they get the playoff every time, and Russ is just, like, falling down or overthrowing people. So, Yeah, I mean, I guess if I just – like I said, I'm not taking too much into what I see in preseason. The like everyone's just getting warmed up. Um, but their their win line for this year is eight and a half. So if like they win eight or nine games, that's double what they did last year. Probably not a disappointment if they win nine games. By definition, it's not. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess that's very they, possible they could go nine and eight. If they double their win total, yeah, you said which was what four. I mean, I guess I think they had something like that. Yeah, and that's respectable, but still eight and nine in the AFC, like you're not even close to the playoffs at that point. Unless unless teams beat up more on each other than we're thinking. Well, I think that's down to beat up on the Broncos. Sherm just the hater, which is crazy. But he was just the AFC West guy. I mean, I am. But got to call it like I see it. I'm the objective AFC West guy. (laughs) (laughs) You're as objective as Nick Wright. Oh, Christ. I don't know which one's dumber or gayer. All right, to finish on preseason, I'll just say in terms of my team, because you – did you bring up yours, Josh, yet, or is there even – No, nah, not yet. But we didn't play a bunch of stars, so it'll be relatively quick. Yeah. The only thing I'll say, obviously, the elephant in the room is the Kadarius Tony injury, which, I mean – when someone is so freakishly, explosively athletic, their own human body can't contain them. You know, <laughs> I can obviously sympathize with that of all people. So you get why I like him so much. But I've, I look at it in two ways. As a Chiefs fan, I'm not that worried because I'm hearing he'll even be back for week one. But even if he only plays 12, 13 regular season games again, He'll be productive in those games and ideally be rested and ready for the playoffs when that comes around. As someone who has personally talked him up a lot and is a fantasy owner, it is annoying that he had gotten hurt in warm-ups and needed knee surgery and is now missing all of training camp. So that's pretty much it. Yeah, as far as uh, out of just the, what we saw from the Ravens preseason week one, um, we didn't really play many offensive starters. A couple of rookies like uh, Zay Flowers and uh, like Isaiah Likely, who will play a lot this year, played. Like overall, there's not much to take away. I mean, Zay Flowers looked quick, but it really didn't lead to too much. Just got a couple penalties. Um, from the defensive side, like, our weakness, stop me if you've heard this before, is going to be our pass rush. <laughs> like, it just looks like every, everyone in Ravens, like, watching the camps and stuff are talking about their young guys, Odafe and Ojabu. They just looked very, very average, made a bunch of mistakes, didn't do anything special. Like, we're just going to struggle on the offense. I mean, the defensive <laughs> line again. It's just same old, same old. Like, we're not going to get to the quarterback, so hopefully our secondary can do something. Well, Ideally, like, just uh, again, like last year, we can just be sitting there watching games, like just looking at them at the de- – and it's crazy because the defense ended up being good, but just watching the defensive line and just objectively <laughs> being like, what are they doing? <laughs> like, what are you trying to do? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, I love they pulled up like Oway as if he was going to make a difference. He legit had three sacks last year. <laughs> Fucking sucks. No, I mean all you've been hearing out of camp is how athletic and fast 
these two guys look and they just get in the game and just really zero impact. Like absolutely none. Yeah, and so, they're shattered that they're gonna And they're like quote unquote, for- you know, starters probably not playing against like the starting left tackle for a team. Like that's a position you're probably not playing if you have a number one guy, like just getting zero pressure. Well, they might trade for Chase Young, which would be hilarious if they do that as well. Yeah, I, I mean, mean it, gotta I, try I, something. Yeah, couldn't hurt. Um, but like, like you know, overall, overall, I'm, I'm happy with the Ravens' like preseason performance in general, like camp and everything. Like, I'm looking forward to the season. Just preseason week one specifically didn't really like lower raise the bar in my opinion. I'm pretty sure the fumble against Edwards Alaire that like won the Chiefs game or won the game for the Ravens against the Chiefs is like the only reason OA is still in the league. Yeah, that was in prime time, forced the fumble, led to the win directly. That is yeah, he's he's living off that one. Yeah. He's on his Adam Gaze shit. Uh, Jay, do you want to lead some fantasy talk? Yeah, what's uh, what are we thinking first? Do you guys want to do busts or sleepers? How uh, many of each are we doing total so I can wrap my brain around this? I would say one to two. Okay. I'm, yeah, I mean, I feel like there's going to be at least one or two controversial ones that we'll talk about for a bit, so... Um, yeah, we could do a couple of each. Let's start with um, sleepers, I guess. I don't really have a bust in mind. I have to do some thinking because all the players that I think suck are still good fantasy players. Um, sleepers. Jay, you got one prepared or uh, no, nothing prepared? I, I, I have one. For sleepers. I was gonna say I got one, I'll got one ready just because I'm we can we can tie it to the beginning of this episode. I think Zeke is a sleeper. I think obviously in some drafts that have already happened, irrelevant, but future drafts, Zeke's a sleeper. New yeah, England likes to use multiple running backs. If he has a hot hand one day, he's gonna continue to get the rock. Like they have no problem going to running back one or two or three, depending on the day. And they will try all of them. Yeah, I actually think that's a really good call, Josh, just because, like, honestly, thinking back to what I said earlier about it, that one season LeGarrette Blount had 18 rushing touchdowns or, like, Jamal Williams last year, all those short yards, touchdowns for the Lions. Like, there's certainly value in that in the RB2 uh, flex market, if you will. Yeah, I'm, when I'm pulling up sleepers and busts, like, I'm not thinking, oh, this guy is a must-start on your team. This is just a guy that you should have on your bench can can play on some bye weeks and like he'll 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 do well as it for a guy that you can get late probably yeah. even in the last round last two rounds. Yeah, now that I'm really thinking about it, I may even double down and say that is the greatest take in the history of planet <laughs> Earth because. Even last year on the Cowboys, they already started to phase him into that role where Pollard was chewing up all the yards and they would bring Zeke in on the goal line. I can already see at least like two weeks of this forthcoming season 
where Zeke has a stat line that's like six carries for 20 yards and three touchdowns, and that would just be awesome. And I put my money where my mouth is. I have I've kept Zeke on my dynasty team through the entire free agency process. Like he is on my team, and he will be utilized. Respect, Dan. That was such a good pick. I've since lost faith in my own pick, and now I'll have to think of a new, a better one. I got one. Okay. Uh, my sleeper will be Jalen Hyatt, receiver, rookie. From the Giants. Keep talking. Kid yeah. is fucking animal. <laughs> Runs like a deer. People forget. Like, he won the Bolitnikov Award. Like, he was the best, most productive um, college receiver last year. Um, I thought it was a steal in the third round when the Giants got him in the first place. And now I think, um, you know, he's going to pretty much be the number one guy because Galladay turned out to be a big, fat nothing burger. Um Last year, the leading receiver in terms of receptions was Saquon. That's obviously not sustainable, um, especially, you know, if he wants to get paid. I, I don't think he wants to be kind of like the Debo Samuel thing. So, like, um, I, I don't know. I think he's going to get 100-plus targets, um, a lot of deep balls. He's fast as shit, um, and that's what he's good at. He reminds me a lot of Mike Wallace. So, there's he your could- play. <laughs> It goes without saying that nobody on this panel has forgotten that he was the best wide receiver in college football last year. Yeah, we drafted him on the dynasty team, obviously, so we pretty much completely agree with everything you said. The only thing I will say, I guess, is somewhat of a counterpoint, even though I'm not putting any stake on it, it was weird, even with the reports out of how good he's been at camp, he only got one target, I think, on a screen pass, which didn't get anywhere. But he, the fact that he only got one target in the first preseason, I was expecting him to get used more, but we'll see. Well, that's one of those things. Like, you, you got to play it a little close to the vest on that one. Like, you, you're not uh, you're not showing everything. I mean, he's going to be – That's a, what I'm hoping it was. That's being optimistic, which yeah. I agree. No, he's going to be a big play guy. Like I said, he to me, he's – Mike Wallace, 2.0. Yeah. Respectable comp. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mike Wallace had a great career. I shouldn't say great, but Mike Wallace had a very good career. Yeah. Primarily been, with Roethlisberger. I mean, how can you not be successful with the quarterback in NFL history? Yeah, and he could fly, no doubt. Yeah. Um, damn, yeah. So that's another good pick. I could take an easy pick. That wouldn't um, be a sleeper. No, well, no, no, no. I'm just saying because where this conversation has gone, I could take another receiver we drafted late, and I already made predictions about, um, along with Jalen Hyatt, in Tankdale, who got a ton of targets in his preseason game and could have easily had over 100 yards if – he was getting some better balls thrown his way. So I think that's a sleeper situation in the fact that even if the Texans are outright bad, he's a guy who could even just in garbage time eat up a bunch of receptions and yards. And it's like the Texans lose a game 35 to 10 
but then you check the box score and you're like, oh shit, he had eight catches for 120 yards or whatever. But I'm honestly not even happy with that pick. So if we're doing a second one, I'll come back around or we can go into busts. I don't even know who you picked. I wasn't paying attention. I checked out. Um, Tank Dell in Houston. Oh, that's not a bad pick. Yeah, I was trying. Yeah, to he showed some pick. stuff week one. Yeah, I mean, anyone that's a rookie and like a third or fourth round guy, like I forget when exactly he was drafted. Yeah. But, um, that, that's not a bad pick at all, Sherm. And initially, when we were. Uh, Thinking about this, I was thinking more of sleeper in the terms of somebody who may be like a second or third round pick, but could end up being like one of the best in the entire league. I wasn't thinking about it as the way you brought it up, Josh, so that kind of changed my mindset. But it is what it is. Well, I have another sleeper. Still haven't thought of a bust. But another sleeper, this pick is purely personal, may, may snag a jersey, maybe his number one fan. Oh, God. Oh. I'm going to go with Jordan Love. Wow. This is, what, this is what the Packers need to win a Super Bowl. This was the missing piece, quarterback. <laughs> and he's looking good. I did not see this coming at all. But again, now that you're big Packers it, fan, now that I now that I'm hearing it out loud again, I'm just saying it's really not a bad pick. Like with that division being what it is, if Jordan Love, because like they have a good running game and a relatively good defense, at least good defensive players in that division. If he can throw for, like, 20-plus touchdowns and less than 10 picks, like, and just be a good game manager, like, they could be in contention for the division at the end of the year, possibly. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for for Packers-Bears week one. I think the Packers will win that game, but, like, no. Fuck Jordan Love. We'll Although see. I was very supportive of the pick when it happened, as a Rodgers pick, and said he was the third consecutive Hall of Famer they were going to have. Um, now, I wish I, I could will... Go ahead, Jay. Um, I don't really have another sleeper, because like, everyone else I would have would be someone that goes around like RB or receiver, you know, seven, eight, nine. So that's not really a sleeper in my eyes. Okay, well, that's what I'm going to do. So just do it anyway. But before you do, the last thing I'll say on Jordan Love, Josh, I don't know if he's going to be a true fantasy sleeper, if that's what we're discussing. Like, I think he could be a sleeper in the sense that he plays better than we expect. But I don't think that's going to be, like, from a monster stats point. That could be true. But he, they might just let him sling it. Yeah, probably not. I, I don't know. I think they're ready to to open up the floodgates with Jordan Love. <laughs> now that real cool. That 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 being said, realistically, didn't love what I saw out of him last year in game time situations. But <laughs> he's had a year to grow. 
Go ahead, Sherm. All right, my sleeper pick, which, again, is in the tier you talked about, Jay, where it's like this guy is almost definitely going to be there in the second round or, like, bottom of the second round probably if you're in, like, a 10-person league, and they could easily finish the year with monster stats. And I know uh, this is someone – you both like, but I'm going to go with Chris Olave, even though I'm a Garrett Wilson guy, you know, I like Derek. I don't know what we're going to get from Michael Thomas. And even if he stays healthy, just with how long it's been since he's like played consistently, like, I don't know what he's going to look like, but Olave just having someone who can get him the ball consistently And again, even in a situation where I think the Saints are going to be good, but even if they're not good, he should be, oh, he should be a wide receiver one for any team, and you can get him in like the second round, I think. Um, I am now going to have another. I I do have another. Um, after what you just said, was that your pick? No, my sleeper is going to be Michael Thomas. God, ew. Really? Yeah. I think... You think, stay- you think this is the year he stays healthy? I think it's certainly possible, and based on what we saw in the preseason game, Derek sure did make an effort to give him the ball. So, um, I think, again, it just comes down to health, but... You know, right, so do you, do you think he stays healthy, or is this just an if he stays healthy? It's an if he stays healthy, you know, back end of the draft, take a flyer on a guy that, you know, very, it's not necessarily boom or bust just because, like, if you're taking him later in the draft, I wouldn't take him, you know, inside seven rounds. But, you know, if he's still floating around, around round eight, I I wouldn't be opposed to taking him. Especially because, I mean, his ceiling, we've already seen, is a guy that gets 130 catches. Um, the problem is that was years ago when he actually played, you know, 15-plus games. But in terms of just what we're talking about as far like a sleeper, um, I'd say that definitely qualifies. You having that take did kind of make me think of it could be a situation almost back in the Oakland days where it's like Amari Cooper and Crabtree-type deal where – Olave has more yards by, like, a significant margin, but Thomas is more of a red zone target and even finishes the yard, uh, the or excuse me, finishes the season with even an extra touchdown or two compared to Olave, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I guess if we're moving on the bus, I kind of I have two. I really have one. It's Joe Mixon. I just, I just think I don't exactly know where his stock is. I'm not in our, like a redraft league, but you know, in my head, his stock is probably relatively high. Like, um, I think the Bengals traded his backup. Is that correct? And, um, you know, they have such a good offense and such a good year. And he had the five touchdown game last year that I think his stock would probably be relatively high. I just think there's going to be, you know, a big drop off. Like as we talked about earlier, like uh, he's going to be, I feel like one of those guys, he's taking a lot of beatings. 
that where it's just like maybe he can't last as late in his career and he, he's going to have a fall off. And uh, preseason week one, they had one of their backups in, uh, Evans, I think. He looked good. I think he's going to get a lot of touches, earn himself a lot of touches. Um, my bust is it. It hurts to say, but it's Jalen Hurts. Um, I think he's going to be overdrafted. Um, and I just don't foresee him necessarily repeating. I think he's still going to be good and, you know, a top seven quarterback in the league. No, I get what you're saying. His expectations, especially with, like, short yardage touchdowns, are going to be super high, and there's just a chance that, you know, all those one-yard touchdowns don't happen or, you know, at least not as often. Yeah. There could be a drop-off that people aren't expecting, but not saying he's going to be bad. Exactly. Like, I don't think he's going to, you know, be horrific, but I also don't think he's going to, you know, be fighting with Mahomes for an MVP award. Right. Like, like his stock is like QB one to three when it comes to fantasy, I'd imagine. And he, like, you're saying his ceiling's like five. I'd say it's a little bit lower than that. I think I like some other guys more going into the year. Fantasy wise Um, as well. Yeah, fantasy wise. In terms of like actually just playing the position in in the real world, yeah, I would. He's uh, he's a lot higher on my list. Yeah, I I will say just while we're on quarterbacks, one of my busts is it's not really a bust. This is more just uncertainty. Is Joe Burrow? I uh, saw so he's he's fallen in some leagues already because of the rumors of injury. There's always a chance with a weak calf that if he comes back too soon, like something worse happens. Like, not that I'm hoping that, but it is just a realistic possibility and could lead to a huge bust if you take him as one of the first quarterbacks off the board. Hmm. I saw, I saw today he's going in like the fifth and sixth round in some current drafts. So the stock has yeah. fallen a little bit because of the uncertainty. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's similar to what we just said. Hurts, you know, it's just not necessarily going to be, you know, a major fall off. It's just like there, there's a lot of causes for you know some drop off in production. You know, for Burrow, I think a lot of it comes down to um, the defenses he's going to have to face. Um, the division, how tough it's going to be. Some of their, you know, out of division games um, are going to be tough. And then with Hurts, I think another thing people aren't, I didn't touch on. If Dallas's defense stays healthy, Dallas can have a top three defense this year without question. Yeah, I agree in the sense, solely based on the point you made that like. Jalen Hurts is not going to be bad, but based on expectations, especially fantasy-wise, he is going to perform way less than what is projected just because the projections are outrageous. So going into, like, uh, my boss, I'm torn because I don't want to do this, but I feel like I have to for a similar reason 
where I may have I may have to take your boy Josh. I think CeeDee Lamb could be a bust this year, not in the sense that he's not going to have a relatively productive year, but in the sense that Dak fucking sucks. <laughs> and the flip side of that coin is it could also mm-hmm. kind of be like what I brought up with like Tank Dell and Houston or whatever, where it's like, oh, even if the Cowboys are bad, CD could still get his targets. But it's just like he is by far their number one receiver and should be getting their primary targets. But Dak sucks has been and has been throwing a lot of picks. So if he's just throwing it to him in double coverage all year with like and I know their defense is good, but Well, they did get Brandon know. Cooks, right? Uh I believe so, yes. They did. But but and again, just to clarify here, so like I think similar to the Jalen Hurts thing, like there will be people taking CD Lamb at like with a bottom first round pick as receiver one or like high second round. Like I think he's going to be overdrafted. And at that point, even if he gives you like from a fantasy standpoint, like let's say it's a thousand yards and somewhere to like six to eight touchdowns, you would want more than that if he was your first pick in the draft. Okay, that's probably fair. We'll see. Fuck CD Lamb. (laughs) (laughs) This is just a season-long battle I'm going to have to fight. I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's a good player. I think he is good enough to be a wide receiver one in the league, but... I don't think he's like a top five receiver, <laughs> even close That's, to it. You're saying he's probably in the top 32. Yes. I, I, CD Lamb is comfortably, I'll even say a top 30 receiver. I'll give you that. <laughs> okay. We'll see. We'll see what happens. And this is with, I agree, Dak sucks. He'll still be a wide receiver, top 10. Like, I feel like I've always kind of thought he sucked or was never impressed by him. But Jesus Christ, like, they're just shoving it down our throats now. Like, everywhere I look, it's just Dak sucking. I can't get away from how bad it is. Kenny Pickett won the Steelers' uh, charity home run derby for the second consecutive year. Wait, I think... There might be a quarterback I have to switch my opinion on soon. Hey, Kenny Pickett. No, 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 no. Also, Jalen Watson. No. It might be Dak. It might be Russell Wilson. For the record, Kenny Pickett's wife's hot, and he has abs, apparently. <laughs> you should probably well, change email. She's good to know. What did you say, Sharon? I said for all our female viewers out there. <laughs> no, for all of us. our male listeners. Yeah. It's got to be like 100 to 0. <laughs> sure, I'm also, you're welcome for everything I've sent you on Instagram. <laughs> I, I know. I'm looking at it <laughs> as we speak. Dude, Dude, are you talking about the Sports Center clip? <laughs> Dude, that guy's face. <laughs> <laughs> you watch the whole thing. No, I didn't yet. 
just dude jay that thing i sent you the other night did you actually listen to it or did you just watch it and we're like uh this is whatever i didn't even open it i cause you can watch people <laughs> from you know what i mean the thumbnail it'll just play so i didn't even think right but was the sound on no, like I was saying, you just if you just leave it in the thumbnail, you don't hear anything. But I'll listen to it. Right. No, no, no. So yeah, it's like not even that funny. Like I mean, it's kind of funny for all the viewers at home. It's uh, while we're excited about it, it's not funny. Um, it's a softball catcher like getting hit. Dude, I'm watching it right now. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm okay. failing to understand what the importance of this. <laughs> If it's not that funny. Listen to the audio. It's hilarious. That's you why. You said it I wasn't actually... that funny. Hell. <laughs> you are saying it's not that funny, but. <laughs> you started with it's not funny at all and then upgraded to it's kind of funny. <laughs> no, I meant the video itself is not funny. Oh. But the audio of the video is funny. That's why I sent it. And that's why I was asking, like, did you actually listen to it or did you just watch it? And we're like, this is fucking stupid, which All objectively right, would have been a fair take. I'm going to close my eyes and listen to it. <laughs> there you have to. <laughs> the ultimate effect. <laughs> just get some VR goggles and watch it. Just <laughs> actually hit yourself in the nuts with a softball. You can experience it. Dude, if I got my hands on some VR goggles, I might never come back. <laughs> yeah, I don't want a pair. <sighs> yes, same. All right, so join us next week for <laughs> as season two rolls on.